Hi, Jennifer. Hi, Stephanie. <laughs> Welcome to the Learning Project. <laughs> Yay. I am so excited, you guys, to introduce you to an amazing lady um, that um, I got connected to on LinkedIn. Um, she is going to tell us a little bit about what she's doing for the educational community. Her name is Jennifer Reed. I just am so excited to have you here, and we just welcome you. Um, she is an author. She is an educator. She's a consultant. I mean, you guys are going to learn a lot about her. So, Jennifer, tell us a little bit about yourself and um, what's your story? Well, hi, my name is Jennifer Reed and my educational journey started off as a curriculum coordinator for a public school and I just thought that, hey, in life I may want to become a principal or a superintendent and all the way on the East Coast, they really want you to teach for at least five years before you um, become a principal or a superintendent. So I did, you know, the, the following steps. I started teaching and then our public school obtained one of the um, programs. So I started teaching at Head Start and, you know, just really enjoyed Head Start as a whole unit. And as I was teaching in Head Start, um, I went through the ranks and I received to middle management. And after middle mm -hmm, management, mm -hmm. I went into upper management and then just saw a different path that I can take with what I was doing. So I started doing reviews for Head Starts um, and that is where you make sure that programs are keeping their um, compliance going. And mm -hmm. then I saw programs failing so hard and I said, well, I should be a consultant to help them um, along their way. So as mm -hmm. I started uh, my consulting business and doing uh, individual programs, I just started seeing that there's not enough material for children who look like me. And, mm -hmm. you know, when teachers are reading books, you know, and children are looking at the pages, children need to have something to relate to. So, yeah. So basically, I, I did my first picture book because um, I remember in college, we had to find picture books and those are the hard picture less uh, picture books oh. worthless books you know how they want to get fancy with the terminology yeah. and those are some, yeah and those are some of the hardest books to find and i yeah. wanted i wanted for two reasons to do a picture book reason number one i did not want to challenge uh, parents or adults to their reading level um, mm. because you can be the best reader but if you pick up a Dr. Seuss book and don't start reading on that ABA pattern some people would question your literacy skills absolutely I want to just pause for a moment Jennifer can you tell me a little bit more about parents challenges to read and maybe why they're not reading to their children for listeners that may not um, know much about that? Um, the literacy rate across the United States is one of the lowest um, in, in the world. And some parents never under, never learned how to read. And for the foremost, a lot of um, a lot of grandparents and great-grandparents are raising our children now um, mm. for one reason or another where the mom is working uh, or the mom is absent uh, within the child's life. So 
for example, my grandmother only has a sixth grade education. And you know, when, when you're reading, especially in front of people, you want to ensure that you are reading proficiently. And, you know, mm-hmm. some people are just reading ability and, you know, everybody, everything in the world is starting to get so complex, you know, they're, they're using big words for simple things, you know, just to make mm-hmm. people, mm-hmm. I just feel sometimes feel humiliated. So mm-hmm. to encourage um, parents to read to their children, a picture book is the best way to start and to encourage children to read um, using their descriptive skills. If they can describe what's going on in the picture, that's showing that they're paying attention to details. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's, that is, uh, I'm so glad you explained that for our listeners because so many times we get caught up in why is this parent not reading to the child um, instead of accessing books that allow them to feel comfortable um, reading to their child in, in such a profound way. So thank you so much for sharing that. You're welcome. Yeah, so tell us more. I'm sorry I interrupted you. I know you were right in the middle of what you were saying, but I, I had to take that note there. <laughs> oh, it's no problem. Um, and then, you know, just working with um, teachers as, you know, and this is something that is is controversial and it's a true fact. When we're purchasing books, there are not a, a lot of books of, um, there are not a lot of multicultural books, to be frank. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. There are very few, and by the five that's out there, you're, that's it. Mm. So basically, I just wanted to add to the, um, to the peripheral of, the different books so here's another option yeah. and the book is about my daughter um, going through her her daily runs and you know as adults we get so busy with our lives going through the rut of a day and we mm-hmm. get to tell our children we love them um the book starts mm. the book starts off with my daughter playing in the makeup and as parents mm-hmm. i'm saying as a mom i'm saying stop um <laughs> And uh, I did that is a word we all are familiar with. <laughs> exactly. And um, I did this. Uh, I do a lot of trainings with my book. I'm showing teachers how to read and ask those open-ended questions. And mm. I never forget this little four-year-old girl answered my question. I said, why do you think mommy is saying stop? And the little girl say, because her playing in her mama Mac makeup. And <laughs> <laughs> and you know that comes from scaffolding and you know I said have mm-hmm. you played in your mommy Mac makeup before and she yelled at me. and she said yeah cause she bought me my own makeup and I can't play in hers so that's a lesson learned for this little girl <laughs> mm-hmm. and another part of the book um, the my daughter i never forget we had milk white walls in our house and she painted her hands red and started painting the walls mm-hmm. and my husband was saying, no. Uh, and then she holds up her <laughs> hands and her hands are red. And I said, yeah, you're caught red-handed now. So just adulting, we forget to tell our children we love them. And then we drop them off at mm. school. We just say bye instead of saying I love you. Because in the world today, with all what's going on, all of the different violence, all of the different um, school killings, you just never know. Um, if your child is truly yeah. going to come back home safely. So, you know, when you get out, when you drop your child off, you have to say, I love you, literally. Yes. Because if something yes. happens, 
to your child. You don't want you don't want the burden or the um, the loom over your head to say, wow, the last thing I, I told my child is stop or take the trash out. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. taking those um those simple times of the day to say I love you or come mm-hmm. here. Um and you know Eskimo um rub nose or just something. Um affection and showing emotion is key in the world that we live in today. Even though we have to social distance now because of the COVID nineteen, yeah. we still need to be together. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, um I'm so excited to um have the listeners listen to um, this podcast because I think there's so much into what you're saying. It's just jam-packed with so many things. Um, Jennifer, tell us again what the name of your book is so that listeners can get The name of the book is Stop, Know, and Go. And tell me, why did you choose uh, that title? Um, Because I thought it would be um, a simple enough title that you know, when uh, somebody's looking for books, uh, that's the first thing that catches their eye of the title. If the title doesn't catch your mm-hmm. eye, 90% of the time, I know I won't buy a book. And I know I'm a bookie. So, um, yeah. And <laughs> those some of the first words that children learn to read. Those are those what they call emergent um, or those hot literacy words. So, if mm-hmm. a child can go in the store and say, oh, mommy, stop, no, go the mom is more likely to buy the book because they said the child can read number one and number two it's it's just what the book is about stop know and go mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love it I love it so when did you begin your love for writing and creating books oh I have been a reader um all of my life um basically um I even read grants for um for the government and all those other entities, you know, the, the grants that um, people have the right for. So I just enjoyed reading. Mm-hmm. Um, back in the day, they used to tell you to go in the corner and read a book. That was not punishment for me. That was actually pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> so reading takes me to another place. Um, reading can take take you where you want to go. Uh, LeVar Burton said it plays yeah. oh, uh with reading a rainbow, um, it can you can go twice as high. Just take a look in a book, you know, mm-hmm. reading a rainbow. Mm-hmm. And Dr. Seuss said it as well. All the places you'll go, um, reading mm-hmm. is key to me and what I do in my life. So, and writing, I just wanted to make sure that um, I wanted to make sure that as I write, it was for the the audience that I wanted to actually see my writing. Awesome. Um, tell me a little bit more. When we're looking at African American literature, how can we support um, or create a, a healthy um, environment for children to basically be great learners, great readers, and see themselves in literature? Well, that that starts off with making sure. Um, that children feel supported. That's number one. Because mm-hmm. when children feel supported, they're more likely to learn. Uh, and if we can make mm-hmm. sure that children um, self-esteem is always elevated, they will learn. Um, we have to remember that children learn, all children learn at a different rate, but granted, all children mm-hmm. do learn. 
And as long as that I support mm-hmm. your learning efforts as a teacher and make sure that it's innovative and creative for you and your learning style, you will be successful. We just have to realize what success means. Um, Webster may define mm-hmm. it by one meaning, but as a, an American, success has many different um, different definitions. Um Success Mm -hmm. for some people is just waking up, going to work, coming back home. Um, Some people's success Mm -hmm. is to wake up and be able to move a limb on their body. So it's Mm -hmm. your definition of success is what makes you successful. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think one of the things that you said was making sure that we support children, making sure that they feel connected. Um, I want to say this to our listeners, when we're looking at support for children and looking at how can we connect with them, take time to look around in your community, in your classroom. You guys know I use that term, classroom. Take time to look in your community and see what your community says about the kids. Um, When you walk into the classroom, can children see themselves in how we are eating or dressing or building? Can they see where they live or where we have lived? Um, does this this classroom tell a story about your uh, students overall? You know, I think a lot of times we get so caught up in some of the the, the little um, mechanical pieces that go into teaching, but we forget about that relationship building and taking time to really connect with the child and connect with the family enough to know more about their background and who they are. Um, Jennifer, do you have any suggestions for teachers to learn about families' backgrounds um, so that they can find literature to implement in the classroom? Um, that is key. You need to know who you are teaching. Um, before you admit your child into school or Um, the child is in your classroom, it is most pertinent that you sit down and have a conversation with the family so that you can understand the culture of the family. family. Even if it's in an informal um, conversation, um, it should be some type of um, questions as a teacher or program should ask the the families. For example, um, what do you eat for dinner? You know, that's a good question. So, Inside of your house area, you can have foods that the child can actually relate to. Um, Always have dolls inside of your house area that have different shades to them. You know, start off with the vanilla bean and we should go all the way to the mocha chocolate bar with the selection of our dolls. Um, And inside of the block area, you not only get the wooden blocks, but you should get those type of blocks that... Um, that looks like their neighborhood. Um, If they have a lot of concrete slabs in their Mm -hmm. neighborhood or if they have huts in their neighborhood or tent cities in their neighborhood, Mm -hmm. making sure Mm -hmm. easily identify themselves, their homes, their families, and their cultures inside the classroom. I give people, I give people this perfect example. Uh, I begged my daughter um, when she went to college I said, please go inside early childhood education. She said, Ma, um, that's not for me. So I said, well, whatever you do, I'm going to support. Mm-hmm. So she just, she actually finished um, her BS in biology and chemistry. Um, she was a, 
Yes. Congratulations. You're supposed to graduate on tomorrow. <laughs> However, COVID-19 stopped that. But we're still um, going to have a great time for her here. But I remember yeah. sitting inside of some of her classes and thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I am not the biology person at all. Just <laughs> me neither. Don't put a bad on Just think about this as you're teaching. You want your children to understand what you're teaching and the the different um, props that you're using. You want them to be able to identify themselves. Now, I sat mm-hmm. inside of her anatomy class, and they took mm-hmm. the heart. And it wasn't the outer shape of the heart. Mm-hmm. They were in like the third layer of the heart. And what they were talking wow. about, honorary, blah, 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 this, blah, blah. I was totally lost. And I thought about it. I said, this is how some children are when their teachers are teaching. And the teacher can teach mm-hmm. them over their head mm-hmm. or they're just not connecting with the children. And I just, I just got up and left. Yeah. Um, and she was like, where you going? I said, I don't understand this. So even inside your early childhood um, classrooms, we have to remember two things. Number one, children are concrete learners. You have to have mm. those props. Because if you're talking about the wheels on the bus, mm-hmm. you know, how do you think they turn or why do you think this? They need to see it. Um, and children learn through mm-hmm. processes. We can talk about, mm-hmm. oh, I like the way you tied your shoe. But if you never take me through the process of tying my shoe, I'm right. never going to learn right. how to tie my shoe. So, and, and capping that all up, uh, making the classroom look like you. And you have to teach at the child's level. That's that's key. Yeah. Um, because I, I think that my gift is teaching. Um, I can teach my way out of a wet paper bag mm-hmm. with no light. That's that's my motto. <laughs> so, so I definitely um, tell teachers across the nation, you have to you have to find the child's level, and you have to understand that you have yeah. um, several types of learners. You have that visual learner, the auditory mm-hmm. learner, or that tactile learner, and you need to make sure that you're teaching to mm-hmm. all three at the same time. And teaching is not, and teaching is not mm. something that you wake up one day and say, "Oh, I want to be a teacher." This is something that you. This is something that has yeah. to be within you, because being within, yes. teaching within, yes. will be a great teacher. It's hard to make a teacher. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yeah. I mean, it is. I think you hit that right on the head. Um, you know, this is something that we're that's very natural to us. And then there's things that we can develop and grow. Um, But you have to have a love and a passion for children and not just that love and passion, but you have to have a passion to see them succeed and be willing to take the steps necessary in order for them to experience new things. And I think that's why some people just don't get the field because there's just so much extra work that you are doing because literally you're starting from the beginning and you're teaching those processes, you're teaching those things so that children can learn and grow and develop those independent Exactly. Skills. And we have to remember that um, teaching early childhood education, this is the hardest level to teach because we're... 
we're getting the children yeah, as absolutely. they are just a blank sheet of paper and it is to, to mm-hmm. put the lines and, and help put the artwork on the paper so you know I, I tell people who, mm-hmm. who are going to school for social work and can pass the, um, the social work exam don't say oh I'm going to teach early childhood education that's not your passion you have to have empathy mm-hmm. No. Towards people. So yeah. Those are just some of the highlights. <laughs> yes. You know, I I love how you brought that up because I think people don't realize there's a there's a quote that I actually um, gave to a conference yesterday that I did. And it says that you are the you are a child's mm-hmm. first interview. Whatever you think about that child, whatever you pour into that child, whatever you think about that child, that child's gonna hold that and carry that through their lifetime um, because you mm-hmm. pour that into them, you know. Um, and speaking of pouring into, I want to know who poured into you and helped make you a great writer or um, starting this writing process. Um, who my mom you truly inspired me. I grew up in New Jersey, um, mm. in the, um, Patterson, oh, New Jersey. Oh, what part? Yes. You're going to laugh when I tell you this. So I lived in Edentown, New Jersey oh, wow. for like five years. And I love New Jersey so much. I swore that I was going to breathe, sleep, die in New Jersey. And uh, got over here to Washington State and married my husband, who's from Georgia, and he didn't want to move to the East Coast, and I didn't want to move to the South, oh, so wow. we stayed here in Washington. So, <laughs> so I had a lot oh, of wow. friends that lived in Patterson. Patterson, so, is, and, a, Patterson yeah. is a very yeah. interesting mm-hmm. place, and we always said if you can if you can make it yeah. out of Patterson, of anywhere in the world. Um, yeah. Uh, my yes. mother worked yes. two jobs. I'd never forget. She worked at this place that made yarn. And I think it was called Markerville, Markerville mm. Yarnery or something like that. And she worked at Kmart um, mm-hmm. in the electronic department. And she always told me, get your education and you won't have to struggle. And I told my mother, mm. she didn't force education on us, but she told us how important it was. And my mother sent me to yeah. private school one you know, I thought was the worst thing ever, but um, she sent me to Catholic school. And Catholic school taught me so much about life um, with me being a Christian. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I told my mother, if, if you don't mm-hmm, make me go back to Catholic school, I promise you, I, I would do the best um, in public school. So as a mother, she mm-hmm. didn't tune into that. She says, no, you're going to Catholic school. I actually um, got left back hmm. that year because I, I thought I was hurting my mother by not doing my mm-hmm. work. And my mother, uh, back in mm-hmm. the 80s, um, $250 a month for school was a lot of money. And uh, she says, well, since you don't want to mm-hmm. do anything, go to public school and we'll see how this pans out. And I had to make sure that hmm. I was true to what my I told my mother. If you don't let me go here. I'm going to be the smartest thing. And in New Jersey, we had to take this test back in the day. It was called the CAT, the California Achievement Test. And, and yeah. I scored yeah, so I remember high that. on mm-hmm. that um, assessment. I was actually, uh, I actually went to college, um, Wayne Community College, two days out of the week. So, 
you know, and then um, wow. I was a part of this group. You know, back then, um, African-American children, we had a lot of options because they did a lot of testing on us back in the um, in the late 80s and early 90s. Hmm. And I was in this reader accelerator group where they were trying to teach us how to speed read. And for me, learning how to speed read mm-hmm. and keep the comprehension, that was mo- that was the best thing to ever happen to me. Um, because I've learned the techniques on how to read and why to read. Um, and that, that really helped me along my way. Mm-hmm. And we just have to instill in our young children as early as birth, um, or either while they're inside of us, reading is key. And if we just read 10 minutes a day, mm-hmm. 10 minutes um, and it, it doesn't have to be mm-hmm. the book that they want to hear it's anything whether it's the news um, and because we have mm-hmm. to understand that there are different forms of literature we also have the parents who can't yes. read they don't understand this if you turn on the TV and put the captions on they're at, you're actually reading because the words are popping up and somebody is saying it so it's just those, yeah, it's just those different skill so sets that we mm-hmm. have to instill in our children, and even and what we definitely have to do is make sure that we tell our children, "You are smart, no matter what nobody says." Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. That self identity. If you guys don't hear this, he's talking about weaving that social emotional in there embracing them i mean it's a, it's a full circle i'm so excited that we're talking about this because it's important you know when we talk about literature we're talking about the world around them um, why is literature important to children uh let's um, talk about that a little literature bit literature is important to children because that this gives them the foundation of literature learning how to read uh, in most states they build jail cells for um, boys third grade reading average so if you can't read Mm. basically they're building your jail cell for you so it's so important that we make sure that we we instill that literacy is important because if you can't read you know they say oh it's a lot of other things no somebody can write your death sentence and you can agree with it if you can't read Mm-hmm. And reading is important, yep. and comprehension yep. is essential. So yes, those are, those are yes. the key things that we have oh, to instill man. in all children. You know, education education is key. Absolutely. Um, most children um, that mm-hmm. go through poverty, they're already behind the um, the wall of a, a stone building. And the further mm-hmm. we allow them to fall back, they're going to mm-hmm. stay behind the wall. We have to start breaking these barriers for families. You know, we have to we have to stop the generational curse. Yeah. Uh, education teaches mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. there are ways that you act. You act different when you're educated. Um, I heard this term of a few weeks ago: mm-hmm. bougetto. I'm bougie and I'm ghetto. And I said, well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I said, How do you do that? She says, I'm classy, but I can be ratchet as well. I said, well, as long as you know how to flip it off and on to your audience, that's a good thing. But once one person sees you in the ratchet form, it can tarnish your classy stature. Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. 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 You know, one of the things that I always say to myself about literature is it allows children to learn about themselves and others in the world. And it allows them to escape from some places they don't want to be. I think about a time when I was working at, um, there's an adult learning center in my area, and I worked with a lot of parents who could not read or write. Um, And they tried their best. They would be there every night. And it was just a wonderful thing because they wanted to learn and they didn't care how low they had to start. Um, They knew that there was a goal. And so it just really made me proud to be a part of something. And that's something I want to encourage you guys that if you have an environment where you are having maybe parents that are struggling to read or different things like that, you know, starting up a reading program, um, connecting your parents to reading programs, you know, not every parent's going to just come up or family members that um, that child lives with is going to come up and say, hey, I can't read or I didn't get my GED. You know, but having that material there um, available to them and if they want it and they would like for to get some of that information, I think it's great that we have those resources available. Um, exactly. And I think it's extremely important. Um, what gets me is here in the United States, education is free to, you know, the majority of a quality education is free. Individuals. And do you have other countries who would mm-hmm. do anything to to get into our education system we and and as african americans you know yes. my thing is i tell them all the time do you not know my grandmother was beat because she learned how to read you mm-hmm. can read for free and you don't want to mm-hmm. um you know we were punished if we want to be educated um and, and we need to yeah. we need to understand yeah. that Again, education is key to, to all things that we have. And yes, yes. Oh, we said that so beautifully. Um, you know, I think again, going back to what we are talking about is this literature piece and knowing the history of reading and literature and the power and knowledge of literature is exemplified in history. You know, um, if you identify with the African-American community, you can look at your, your history and see that people were killed because they could read. If you identify as a woman, women couldn't even read. They didn't even have rights to their own children back in the day. You know, um, there's so many different facets and different stories and different pieces of history um, that we need right now. So it builds motivation. It builds drive. Um, because there's so many people that wanted to see their legacy do more, you know, and uh, be more. And so there are many people that took these chances and these risks so that we could be where we are today. And do we have a long way to go? Absolutely, you guys. We, I don't want to take anything from this. Um, we absolutely do. Um, but I want to remind you that we've made so much progress as a American people um, to where we are today. Exactly. So tell me a little, tell me a little bit more. If this is one of my questions I'd like to ask, if you could turn back the hands of time and do anything differently in your educational journey or as a writer, what would you tell our listeners and what would you do? If I can turn back the the hands of time, um, my 
I would tell my um, people to have an open mind. Um, mm. Listen harder because remember we have two ears and think before we speak. Um, yeah. I would tell them to listen each other because we're all that we have. Um, I think about Sesame Street when Bert and Ernie did the three of these things are doing the same thing. One of these things are not the same. And normally that's us. We are not the same. So we have, mm-hmm. and we have to appreciate our differences. Mm-hmm. Um, I told a group of, um, yes. I told a group of um, teachers and administrators the other week, I said, I am ancestors are proud of me because my goal is to be my ancestors wildest dream so that's that's mm. my goal in life um making sure that i i do better i i wanted to do better than my mother did and i want my daughter to do better than i, I and i want her child to do better than she's doing because mm. if we can keep elevating each other we can we can yeah. become prosperous. Yeah. Um and and my thing is always you yes. always look back to pull somebody up and never ever give up. Because the, the moment you give up, your breakthrough was the next mm. Mm, mm, mm. I, I love that. That was so oh, well said. You. So well said, Jennifer. Um for, for all of our listeners, where can they find you? Where can they locate you? Where can they talk to you and continue dialogue again? Um, and also well, learn about um, some of the my things next book should be out within the next month. Um, it's going to be called um, "Is This a Color?" And this book, based on one of my little cousins, he yeah. had the hardest time learning his colors, and he always used to say, "Is yellow a color?" Mm-hmm. And we used to say, "Yes, yellow is a color." Z's are yellow, daffodils are yellow, a car can be, you know, those associations. And um, so that's the yeah. next book that's out. Um, you can get, you can catch up with me on LinkedIn um, on at Jennifer Reed. And you can follow my picture. Um, I do follow back. I am not, I don't do the social media as much. Um, that's just one of my uh, Healy's Keely's. So um, please don't do that you can reach me <laughs> by email uh, with jlaf8498 at yahoo.com I'll say it again you can reach me at j as in john Wonderful. l as in larry a as in apple f as in fish the number 8498 at yahoo.com um, email me your questions your concerns you can even email me for a copy of the book the book is um, $12.99 and we do um, shipping and handling um, free with the purchase of five or more books. So get together with your, um, your buddies and that's a good way to save money as well. I, I am on the east, I'm on the east coast <laughs> but Love I travel it. across Love the nation um, training teachers um, educationally. Uh, we also we, we don't mind programs are small or large and we we talk about how to make sure that we 
we give back and, or either we pay it forward for the next person. And I want to thank you, Miss Stephanie, for inviting me. Uh, well, mm-hmm. I saw you or having me on your podcast because mm-hmm. you you are paying it forward to so many African-American um, authors. And I, I have so many other authors that I'm just going to make sure that you get in contact mm-hmm. with um, to spread the word about. Um, yes, I would love that. And, you know, just not shunning out other cultures, but we live in a melting pot. And mm-hmm. as I know it, you know, I just want to make my ancestor proud. Absolutely. Absolutely. That was so beautifully said, you guys. You know, here at The Learning Project, we're about shining light on every single person, every single story. You know, even within a pot, when you make a stew, you still can taste the the, um, carrots and the beef and the potatoes. They still are there, but they're present in one, you know. And it's important for us to continue these conversations and spark those um, conversations that are going to help us be better as educators, as individuals. And I am just so grateful that I met you, Jennifer. You just did my soul so good. And I hope you guys out there that are listening, that you had a wonderful time listening to this podcast. I want to thank you again and join us thank next time so on The Learning. Have a great day.